Not a sports guy, Terry. Good lord, you're a moron. Okay. It's two fat morons save the world. Not a sports guy. No. I mean, I... Okay, I'll tell you, I'm a bandwagon sports guy. When I was in Calgary and the Calgary went to the cup, I was all over it. When I was in Ottawa and Ottawa went to the finals, I was all over it. Because I get swept up in it. But really, when it comes down to it, I don't give a shit. Hello, guys and dolls. I feel pretty. I hope you do too. This election is over. My name is Terry. He's Dave. Hey there. How you doing, Dave? I'm all right. Long week, huh? Are you as exhausted with this whole mess as I am? Well, did you say the election is over? That's good point. It's <laughs> technically not. I'm like, what world do you live on? I'll tell you what world we live on. We live in a world with two fat morons. Save the world. Save the world. One moron at a time. That's right. That's right. No, it's been a long week, and... Uh, I asked during the preamble a little bit there if you'd um, if you knew anything about wrestling, professional wrestling, Dave. No, I don't. That is a shame. Uh, you you had you had asked me if wrestling had the word sport in it, which I thought was quite funny, and it does. It's sports entertainment. To which your reply was, "It's sports. I really don't have time for sports." Blasphemy. Yeah, I know. Blasphemy. How dare you, sir? How dare you not be a sports fan? Oh, well, it's all right. I'm not a, I don't know, nightmare before Christmas fan. So there you go. I guess we're even. <laughs> I guess I'll judge you if you want. I, I Whatever. <laughs> well, there was, there was I, very briefly, there was an incident here over the last few days that kind of has me a little bit upset. Rest, professional wrestling was a big part of my sort of uh, childhood growing up um, in Calgary. Uh, people that are out west might remember the heart you know, the immortal Stampede Wrestling. Did you ever... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- remember Stampede yeah, Wrestling? Cuban Assassin. Yeah, uh, the Iron Sheik. Uh, yeah. Larry Honky Tonk Prophet. Man. Yeah. Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, the Heart the heart Boys and, you know, and uh, the whole... Were they the Heart the Foundation? Shebang. The Heart Foundation? Was that, that was a WWE thing. That was oh. never a Stampede Wrestling. Oh, okay, thing. but uh, um, but you know, a lot of us that are our age kind of grew up with Stampede Wrestling as an icon of Western Canadian television. So I was a fan, and a lot of those guys, some of them, most of them are still alive. Some of them have passed on. I will tell you. I will tell you my favorite. Now this isn't Stampede Wrestling. This probably goes back into WWF in the back in the day. Was uh, okay. Ricky the Steamboat. Um, what was his last Dragon. name? Dragon. Dragon, that's right. Ricky the Steamboat Dragon. I Funny you should I say that. Yeah. Um, I think it's on record by a lot of people who follow wrestling. Some of the podcasts that I even still um, listen to. Uh, Jim Cornette being one of them, who is a, a very knowledgeable guy. Former heel manager and writer and um, booker for a number of different organizations um, talks that Ricky the Steamboat Dragon and the Randy Macho Man Savage bout of WrestleMania 2 or 3 or something was far and away the, the greatest wrestling match probably in history. And I didn't, never saw it, I don't, don't remember seeing it, but I watched it on a video 
and uh yeah it was breathtaking from start to finish it was uh you know really something to see but that's not really what I'm, i don't really want to go into a history of wrestling what i want to talk about is there's always been a respect for your opponent you you're not a sports guy but whatever sport you're in at the end of the stanley cup finals there's something that's always unique with um the national hockey league uh, or um sometimes in the you know in the in world championships or canada cups or those kinds of things and that's when players line up to shake each other's hand at the end that's a classy thing to do is right? that unique to hockey it kind of is. I mean, they'll, you know, on, on football or on football, in football games, basketball games, um, they might scrimmage a little bit around and give hugs and shakes baseball, and hands. They? And they don't they actually know the losing team goes directly to its dugout. And I think that that's a major league baseball mandated thing, but that's a topic for another time oh. with wrestlers though. It's a little bit different, right? Because all of those guys and girls rely on each other to keep themselves safe right don't let anybody ever tell you that wrestlers are not athletes because they sure as heck are some of the things that you know those guys and gals do are pretty impressive well there's this one dave Mm -hmm. who is the niece i think of dwayne the rock johnson surely you know who you know the rock i know who the rock is of course are are you sure can you smell what the rock is cooking I've, i've seen jumanji I haven't seen Jumanji. Is he in Jumanji? Really? Yes, both of them. The new Jumanji. (laughs) Oh my gosh, really? Well, his niece is this um, woman named Nia Jax, and and she's turned me off wrestling completely. Every time I get pulled out and I get pulled back in because somebody comes along that I'm interested in watching... Um, Charlotte Flair was one. Uh, the women's wrestling has been really entertaining over the last few years. And that's, I'm not being sexist about it. These, these ladies are athletes, man. They are really, really good athletes. The Japanese uh, wrestlers in particular are an absolute, you know, marvel um, to watch. But there's this one, her name is Nia Jax. She continuously injures people very, very badly. And she did it again and has somebody again whose very career is at stake. So this has me a little bit, this has me perturbed, Dave. I'm perturbed. Yeah, but wrestling is, thing. wrestling is supposed to be fake. I mean, wrestling is That's, storytelling, right? That is exactly the point. And right? of course, of course, nobody, I don't think anyone has ever argued that wrestlers aren't athletes. I mean, they're, they're, they're as athletic as stuntmen, as far as I'm concerned, but they're pulling real stunts and they're catching real air and they're flying, and they're doing all these crazy things. I mean, there is tricks to the trade, of course. Uh, it looks a lot more painful than it really is. They pull, pulling punches and kind of all of that stuff. But yeah, there's no question that they're that they're athletes. Um, yeah, I, I, my issue with it is this: it's not it's not that this woman continuously hurts her, seriously injures her um, her workmates, her her partners in the ring, her you know the the people that she's paid to protect and people are paid to protect her there's numerous instances all over youtube and all over some of the reddit uh, forums and things about just how dangerous and you know not really caring this this woman is and my issue with this is is that by all rights an athlete or a professional 
in any discipline who causes that kind of harm and as a matter of fact there was one one of the japanese girls who has since left the the wwe and i suspect in large part because of nia Jax, suffered an absolutely horrific gash on her head because this Jax uh, woman slammed her head into those metal stairs that walk up to the ring Ouch. slammed her head right into it and you should see the damage that was done to this woman's head i mean you could see her skull I am not kidding. It is gruesome, this this injury. So here's the thing, though, right? Why doesn't Vince McMahon fire this girl? Because it gets ratings. How, for how much longer, though? I don't know. There <laughs> are people like me that will, will... I will not watch WWE again until that woman is off that program. But you... I don't want to see that. Y- y- yeah, do you does your mentality sentimentality represent the overall um, uh, attitude of the average American wrestling watcher? Believe it or not, this is weird. There's a lot of bloodthirsty blood sports guys and girls out down there in, in our you know our. Uh, what are what are they? Canada's pants. <laughs> Canada's underpants. Canada's underpants. The United <laughs> we're, States. We're America's hat, so they've got to be yes. Canada's underpants. And if you don't agree with me, my American cousins, you can write in on social media and tell us exactly what you think. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, there are a lot of wrestling fans that are in that in that kind of boat, and it's the blood sport people are more drawn to like UFC, mm-hmm. which is. Um, you know, a whole other um, vehicle unto itself for, you know, violent sort of sports or whatever. But most wrestling fans understand that it's theater and they love the story. They get caught up in the story, regardless of what it is. And, and you know, Vince McMahon's writers for a couple of generations dating back to his father, who basically started the company... Um, have always been kind of masterful at developing storylines, right? They've developed some really iconic characters. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, you know who The Undertaker is. Mm -hmm. Everyone's heard of The Undertaker, right? Or Hulk Hogan. Everyone's heard of Hulk Hogan. Well, these are inventions of Vince McMahon and that machine. So the point that I'm making is that, you know, the, the people that are wrestling fans are watching a story and they're getting sucked into the story and the, and that fourth wall gets broken the moment somebody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? It's no or, longer or theater. Killed. Um, I don't remember if there's ever been a wrestling death other than Bruiser Brody in Puerto Rico being stabbed to death in an act of vengeance. But. And Owen Hart. Oh, thank you. Yes. Oh, very good. Yeah, you're right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and that oh, was, how, and oh that was, my gosh. Yeah, and that death was purely because of the theatrics. Yeah, that's... I. Uh, my gosh, I'm getting old, Dave. Well, I, and, and, I'm getting and, and, old and infirm. I didn't remember that at all. And to be honest, God, that was the only peace. one I know of, right? Because, I mean, how could you, you know, that's that was just the big one. And, of course, come, being, being uh, having grown up in Calgary, everyone knows, you know, they're the Hart family, right? So, yeah, the old yeah. Hart, that was, uh, that was the, big, the big one. Yeah, and I, I actually knew I I went to school with two guys who two uh, twin guys who were wrestlers who right. were quite close with the Hart family mm-hmm. and knew Owen quite well and 
always said, you know, not that I talked to them very much, but they always had very, very good things to say that this was just a really good guy. But regardless, I completely forgot about Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. That was, that's just dumb. <laughs> Listening audience, that was my moment of moron for you it's, for the week. Every, every episode is going to have a moment of moron. Moment of moron. <laughs> We're allowed. It's in the title. <laughs> We're allowed. It's inside. We're more. We're allowed. It's inside. <laughs> so, regardless, my the thing is that, and not just wrestling, automobile racing. It's said that a lot of people watch automobile racing because of crashes. Well, there's been a lot of deaths, right? I can't watch Formula One racing anymore because I watched, um, I believe it was uh, Ayrton Senna uh, who died in a very ambiguous looking crash, you know, twenty some odd years ago, and it. It didn't look like it was particularly bad, except that when you watch the video play video replays from his um, cockpit camera, which they show over and over and over again, you actually see a tire coming off the front and hitting him right in the head. Mm. It's pretty gruesome, mm. right? And I mean, the bloodthirsty crowd loves that stuff, but I can't watch Formula One racing anymore. It ruined it for me. I can't watch you know wrestling right now because this Nia Jax chick ruins it for me she needs to I almost watch. couldn't watch hold on I almost couldn't watch football anymore because of two gruesome injuries Joe Theismann some 20 yeah. some odd years ago and just a couple of years ago you know Alex Smith because they kept showing it over and over and over again but I don't want to watch that man that's that's I want to be entertained that's sports that's the uh that's the risk you take right I mean you're a you're in your prime when you're a football player or a hockey player. You're in your prime for, what, seven years? And then you're pretty much done because you've put your body through its its paces. I mean, there's exceptions to that rule, of course, but you're you're it's pretty high impact. And you take Very your Very good point. You take That's your lungs. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there are some freaks of nature that have been around forever. Zdeno Chara of the Boston Bruins is, what, 43? How many Guy's golf injuries playing. have there been? Um, you mean other than Tiger Woods getting almost beat to death by his wife for just fooling around on him? <laughs> no, that's not a golf injury. That's a golfer injury. <laughs> How many ping pong injuries have there been? I don't know. That's a sport. You mean since parents. the great Yao Ming incident? Of, no, I have no idea. <laughs> of, of 1472? Of 1472. <laughs> oh, I remember it well. Yes. You were but a, you were but a young youth. I'm not that old, Dave. Mm. David, I'm not quite that old. But regardless, uh, sports is a big part of my life. It's no part of yours. But I think it was important to sort of bring this up as kind of a topic because I am curious what other people think. On social media, guys and dolls, all of you out there that are sports fans, women's uh, club teams, women's individual sports, men's individual sports. I mean, I will tell you point blank right now, um, women's hockey and women's soccer is really exciting to me. I love watching that. It's very quality stuff. Um, I can't wait for the Olympic Games in some in some aspects because watching women's soccer is just up and down, a beat down from, for 90 minutes. It's wonderful <laughs> action to watch. Uh, and Christine Sinclair is the best player in the world. I don't care what anybody says about that. Regardless, um, Write us. Tell us what you guys think. If you see something where there's a sort of a deliberate injury or a death or something like that, does it turn you off the sport? Like, how do you feel about that, gentle listeners? What What's your opinions, you know, about this particular topic? I'm very curious to know what everybody else thinks. I think that Vince McMahon should fire 
Nia Jax. I think she's dangerous, and I think that that she's going to cause economic harm to that company if this continues. Um, do you agree with me or not? I say you just put her in the, the UFC ring for for a couple of rounds and she'll oh that's a great out. idea <laughs> just show her a real fighting sport well see I how mean, she in, does in fairness in fairness there i think there's a couple of ux ufc fighters that are wrestlers ronda rusi uh-huh. you know comes to mind but there are some machines that you know i i wouldn't want to meet them in a dark alleyway some of those uh you know ladies with the gloves on and the octagon man I I, you, I ain't messing with those girls, but yeah, that's a good point. Like you're so tough, Naya. Get get into the uh, mm-hmm. get into the octagon and see how much how long you last against one of those those women who actually know how to fight and don't just uh, pretend. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. It's all fake, right? It's all fake news. It's all fake, right, Dave? It's all fake news. It's there's so much. You know what else fake is fake news? What's that? Elections. Are they fake? Some would Apparently have you believe they are. Yeah, what an exhausting week. I, we had to start on a lighter topic, you know, death in professional <laughs> sports. Now it's death in the political forum. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever, did you ever think, we even talked about this a couple of episodes ago. I'm still astounded by the pettiness and childishness and you know almost I almost said Asperger's that's not accurate or polite but what the heck is it with this guy Dave this guy well it's 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 a sociopathism um he's a sociopath and he clearly has um a need for um What's he has a thirst for attention, obviously, right? And the fact that see what I what I find amazing is that is that as president he feels he has the ultimate power of the universe, right? Um, and he can just declare that I've taken Minnesota, and he can declare that I've taken um, uh, uh, Pennsylvania, and I'll declare that I've taken Georgia, and that I won the election. Uh, and he just declares it and 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 by doing so he thinks it's true and by doing so so does his 72 million voters thinks that anything that he declares is clearly true none of the accusations or lawsuits that they've put through so far have um been um have been put through have have been yeah proven he's like true. 0 for 12 as mm. of today as of today's uh recording right something like that it's not even close and 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 a lot of like the you know the media outlets they declare their winners and a lot of people obviously even joe biden you know made his his uh, his uh, acceptance speech or, or his uh, uh winning what do you want to call it victory speech. victory speech yeah um but really it's not over until december 14th December 14th? Why? De- December 14th is when the Electoral College goes and votes. And it's still possible. Oh, right. It's still possible, albeit unlikely, that the faithless electors that we talked about uh, in a previous episode um, can vote the other way, or at least vote for someone else. But it's very unlikely. Well, 
Well, talk about a conspiracy and, you know, voter fraud. If if that did happen, that would be the story, literally the electoral story of the century because yep. that's not how it works, right? I mean, how listeners, how if you're not familiar with how the electoral college works, we'll just give you a little bit of a of a background about what faithless electors, what Dave's kind of talking about. We did talk about this before, but here's a refresher. Elect, elect, um, when people vote in their constituencies in, in a national election in the United States, they actually don't vote for a president. They actually vote for an elector who will represent them to vote for their president, for their candidate. So each candidate has a slate. Republicans and Democrats, and if there's any independents or third-party candidates, they also have um, nominated and appointed electors standing by to represent that candidate in the electoral college on the prescribed date. Dave says it's December 14th. I actually didn't know that, but Mm -hmm. good to know. Um, I didn't know that because, um, I don't know, I guess I'm a moron. It's It's in the title. Um, So how it works is that if you're a Democrat and you've won your constituency, your elector would come from the Democratic Party ranks. And they, of course, are not going to vote for your opponent. Now, as Dave pointed out, which I argued with him and found out that I was wrong afterwards, it has happened before, and it happened to the tune of last election. Dave, do you want to remind me what happened if you happen to recall like i don't remember it was it, it was just that the, the the last election had the most votes um the most most faithless elector votes um in history that didn't go to one of the other winners or uh, one of the one of the leading candidates but um in 2016 um all of the faithless elector votes went to third party third party or independent candidates so it didn't really affect the outcome too much but uh, but it it has happened and it does happen and right now that's it's pretty much all the Republicans have to cling to. Um, when I've I've been having conversations with people on Facebook and, and and all I hear is well it's not over until the 14th so there's still hope for the Republicans and I'm like oh, okay good luck I guess I don't yeah. know I mean <laughs> there there would certainly be there would certainly be an outcry if the uh, if the electoral college went against the will of the people. But it has happened before. It is scary. It is a scary time. I mean, let let's be honest. We've got people. I, I think we have mentioned this before, but I've seen interviews with at least three good old boys and one good old girl down there in the south, who actually went on camera and said, "Well, I think it's about time we had another civil war, anyway." Well, with guns over their shoulders. That's the danger, right? That is the danger, right? And this idiot, this moron that's in the White House. Hey, don't insult morons that way. Oh, of course. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. What's below moron? Uh, douche nozzle. Can douche we nozzle. use the word douche nozzle on our podcast? Because that's what he is. I think we can. I think we can. President of the United States, good Lord. Well, yeah, I mean, he it's was. It's scary. He was. He was, and he will be for another 70 days, which is, this is this is why I'm suffering some angst over, you know, this election. Um, you sh- We all should be feeling relief, and we all should be feeling like things will be returning to some sense 
of normalcy. But this guy, even though he's predictable, he's not, right? No. Like, he's replaced four people at the Pentagon at the highest mm-hmm. levels. Yep. This is What does that mean? This this means that he's got the next 70 days to do as much damage as he can or to put enough people in place that still um that still will carry his torch. Um I don't know if Joe Biden can like put people back. <laughs> Uh, I don't have names in front of me here because my uh, my research has been very lax in this, but uh, when he removed the top dog at the Pentagon, replaced him with someone who was more uh, more more sympathetic to his cause. Um, you know, when Biden comes in, is 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 he able to you know put people back where they were supposed to be? Because if Donald Trump is using his last seventy days to just basically cause as much damage, twist the knife, and you know cause as much damage as he can before he is forced out is biden able to undo that now there's there's actually several um actions that biden has pledged to do on day one in in the form of executive orders do you know what they are i actually don't um so biden on day one that's why i'm fatter and you're smarter dave because even though you're not relying on our crack team of researcher at this point in time you happen to have all the answers so educate (laughs) me biden on day one has pledged to rejoin the paris climate accord oh that's a good one okay uh he has pledged to reverse trump's withdrawal from the who the world health organization that's a good one yeah uh he has uh pledged to repeal muslim majority country travel ban now, I that's don't, a good one. I don't know if that's a good one right now. I mean, any travel ban right now? I mean, I'm oh, not saying specifically Muslim. Yeah. I'm not talking specifically yeah. Muslim. I'm talking because of COVID. Um, reinstate the Dreamers program. That's four. Are you familiar with the Dreamers program? Yeah, DACA, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, reinstate dozens of environmental and business regulations undone by Trump. That's five. You said there were four. There's no, more? I said there were several. Uh, several. And, oh. and repeal milita- the military transgender ban. Okay, but what about putting soldiers back in Syria and, you know, so he, that the ethnic Armenians in Azerbaijan, and, well, it is Azerbaijan, but technically it's, an, it's but that more can't, Armenian. That, that can't be done by executive order. That's that, those are military operations that have to that have to go through the proper channels. Uh, I don't think that's true. I actually think the president can executive order troops back into um, the field. Like if he wanted to go back into Syria to protect the Kurds and the ethnic uh, Armenians in the uh, in the Azerbaijani Armenian conflict that's going on right now, you know he could you know he could do that. I, I did hear a weird one that Biden wants to. Um, issue an executive order for though what's that he wants the letters d-o-n-a-l-d-t-r-u-m-p stricken from the english language wow how would wow that would change a lot (laughs) does he want them stricken in that order (laughs) because we would have to restructure the alphabet first Dave, I was can trying you, to be funny. Can you and do I that? Obviously, failed miserably. Can you do that by executive order? I mean, yeah, no. change the alphabet. No. Oh man. I don't even know when the last time the alphabet was actually changed. I've like, has, has there been a letter? There you go, listeners. Has there been a letter been Plutoed recently that we don't know about? Because <laughs> they because they do down there talk about speaking American, so maybe that's what they're talking about, so that so that they can change the 
the the language itself, the alphabet and the language by yeah. executive order. But getting back to our topic, you know, about this whole election scariness, um, as of the as of this recording, as uh, Dave so deftly mentioned a few moments ago, it, technically it's not over. There is still vote counting going on, and we yeah. are plus ten days after the election, or some ridiculous number. It. I don't even think 2000 election went on quite this long because I think Al Gore conceded, right? So, And that's the issue, even though, well, Trump hasn't conceded yet, but a concession doesn't mean anything officially. Um, It's because, because you can concede, but that doesn't mean you give up until the voting and the counting is done. The, the um, uh, declaring victory or declaring concession is not an official announcement. It's um, just, it it it's, is after ratification, right? Well, once so the count is conceded, done, sure. and but that's what yeah. I'm talking about. He can, de- he's not going to declare defeat now, nor does he have to, really. And I'm not defending Donald Trump by any stretch, but he doesn't have to declare defeat right now. And if he did declare defeat, that doesn't mean he's done. Like if if some miracle for him happened on December 14th, and it turned out that he actually, uh, the recount actually put everything in his favor. I don't know where they're going to find 7 million votes, but um, but if they were able to, then his concession speech would mean nothing. He would still... Yeah, that. yeah, that's a good point, and we sort of touched on that in a, in a discussion that we had offline um, last week um, uh, with, uh, our, with our friend Jeremy. Our, our friend Jeremy has a new show, doesn't he? Yeah, we'll talk, Dave, about, we'll talk about that sometime, for uh, sure. But, uh, um, okay. At some point. But um, so the thing that I had mentioned about it was right along what you were saying, and it was a interview I saw with Phil Marr, um, who I both love and hate. Uh, I don't like Phil the fact Marr? That, I, Did I say Phil? Yeah, I think it sounded like you said Phil. Bill Marr, right? Okay, Dave. Yeah. This interview is over. I'm going home. <laughs> it's in the title. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> To quote Airplane, looks like I picked a bad week to stop sniffing glue. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Bill Moore. Thank you, Phil. Good Lord. Um, I'm talking to uh, Kimmy Jimmel, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, regardless. What he, he said something very interesting. He said, um, "What Trump is an idiot when, politically and socially. He's not a smart man, but what he's a genius at isn't necessarily marketing. What he's a genius at is exploiting loopholes, and he has developed a real knack and turned it almost into a professional vocation of finding loopholes in the Constitution and in U.S. law and driving a truck right through it. He exploits it to no end. Now, that is scary. Because we don't know at this stage of the game, and he has exploited many of them, right? The one big one they're talking about he could exploit right now is that there is no law, there is nothing in the Constitution necessarily that prevents the man from pardoning himself and all of his family. Right. <clears throat> now, um, now, does that require him to admit guilt? Can you be pardoned watched, if you're not guilty of anything? So, great. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, I very literally just saw that less than an hour ago on um, on a popular news network. Um, 
Well, CNN. Come on. They, they, they're pretty good at... <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> you know, I am just trying... Yeah, it's like Popular News Network. I, they're going to think I'm talking about Fox. No. No, CNN. And the the interviewer that the uh, w- that they had, the um, the subject matter expert, was a constitutional constitutional law expert. And he did say that while there is no provision in the constitution to prevent that from happening um that there actually is a clause that prevents a person from pardoning themselves um it has to go to a congressional vote for that to happen and right now the congress is is controlled by a plus four um by the democrats so it's very unlikely um that that would happen but what this guy said and this caught my interest, was that Donald Trump, if he is smart, will resign on January 18th or 19th, 2021. 20, or sorry, 2021. Well, it makes more Think sense. about that. It makes more sense for him to do that than to uh, admit defeat. At least he takes at least he takes charge and takes control of his ah. of his leaving the White House. It makes sense for him to do that, whereas most presidents who are our grown-ups um, say, you know, you fought a good race, you know, respect to that. I mean, every every uh, outgoing president in history has has um, showed a modicum of respect for the incoming uh, president. For the system, right? For the system, for the, that's for right. For the process. Because, yeah. But again, I say, ah, if he resigns on January 19th, the day before inauguration, who becomes the president for a day? Mike Pence. Yeah. yeah. What can Mike do? What's the only thing Mike would have the power literally to do, probably in the, in the time that he oh, has, is, is 24 hours as yeah. president, pardon the president. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? That didn't even occur to me. And I'm thinking, if I'm a Vegas betting man, and I'm not, but I could be, if the bet's good enough, I'm digging myself a hole. I'm going to stop right now. <laughs> if I were a betting man, I would say that that is probably, by the odds, the most likely scenario because that enables Trump and Melania and the brood to um, of you know LSD laced whining children that you know he calls his advisors um, to you know not show up at the inauguration and then Mike Pence has to wear the donkey hat uh, mm. or the the donkey tail and the donkey ears I should say the fool's, the dunce cap, and and be the fall guy in an immense humiliation um, of his one day of being a president, of handing over, you know, the keys to the White House to to Joe Biden. I can see that happening. I would like to know, again, let's go out to the listeners and and say, you know, um, write us on Facebook. We do have a Twitter account. Get a hold of us and let us know your feelings. Uh, There have been a couple of folks over the last couple of episodes that have ask questions um which uh you know we encourage we feel that at least i feel that this one in particular this is a dangerous time i'm very very curious to know what a lot of our you know our loyal listeners are you know our um moron army <laughs> that are out there um what do you think right is what do you think is going to happen in the next so the question then becomes days? does would would pence want that to be written in stone for the rest of of history 
that he became president for one day for the sole purpose of pardoning the outgoing lying criminal president. You think Mike so Pence you, would you, want you that? Set, yeah, you set me... I'm sorry to interrupt. I keep doing that too much. Um, you set me up for a softball, and I'm going to hit it out of the park. There is. And, and what the precedent is, is what happened in 1974 with Gerald R. Ford. Gerald R. Ford took a ton of heat for immediately pardoning President Richard Nixon. Even though Nixon did not commit, a, or was not indicted on a crime, he was going to be impeached, but he resigned mm-hmm. prior to. But Ford pardoned him without a de facto admission of guilt, right? And the reason why is because Gerald Ford said, we've just been fighting a war in Vietnam, which at that point in time was winding down. It was going very badly mm-hmm. for South Viet- for the South Vietnamese and for the American forces in, in, in that country. They would eventually lose a, a year later, which is why you have a united Vietnam today, people. Anyway, Ford said, we've just been through war. We've just been through civil rights. We've just been through this. We've just been through that. We need to heal. Let's move on. Let's forget about Watergate. Let me pardon this guy. He's out of the public consciousness. Let's just move on. If Mike Pence is a national, what's the word I'm looking for? Is a country lover? What's the word I'm looking for? A patriot. Patriot. (laughs) I couldn't think of the word. I'm 0 for 3 today on the moron scale. Oh, my God. That needle's fluttering around zero. If he's a patriot, um, yeah, he'll do that, right? And I, I don't. I think his political career is likely over anyway. The fly on the head thing. That I mean, come on, he ain't he ain't coming back from that one. But that Dave. was a fluke. That's not. I mean, any any. Obviously, the media wants to wants to go in and 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 dig at that, but that doesn't mean anything. That's not a career ender. Um, the fly in the today's head. media. Are you kidding? No, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you, but regardless. I don't think so because it's it's just something that happened. I don't I don't judge anyone because they had a fly in their head. God, I've had birds poop <laughs> on my shoulder, uh, which is actually supposed to be a good luck sign. But uh, but uh, there's there's also rumblings that he's going to want to run in 2024. Um, incidentally, there's also rumblings that Donald Trump wants to run in 2024, and that Donald Trump right now is working on his own right-wing news media outlet like subscription oh, yeah. right-wing news media outlet because he wants to have he's got enough followers right now that would subscribe to his channel at five dollars a month it would be somewhere on the stupid amount of money as like you know a bill <laughs> 1.2 billion dollars a year or something dumb um and continue to poke you know continue to to rally his fans and continue to have that fan base through to a campaign, a 2024 presidential campaign. I heard something about that today. and I don't know enough about it. Um, what I do know is that uh, there's apparently, maybe you've heard this, there's a, a fund that Trump and his mm-hmm. boys have set up to um, solicit um, donations for quote unquote the election defense fund, and over eighty five percent of the money actually goes to a super PAC to um, fund a presidential campaign. It's in the fine print on the website. Pay off debts. Yeah. Yeah. Insane, pay off debts from the right? campaign. Like, yeah. And my 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 fear is well, I mean Donald Trump in four years will be seventy eight, the same age that Joe Biden is now. 
and he has health issues. You can see it. He can't even walk downstairs right now, and uh, you know, comfortably. And he's had a heart issue. Um, I don't think Donald Trump's going to be around in four years. But so that leads me to the next question. A lot of these Republican statesmen, these uh, governors, these senators, some of the um, sitting members of the House, they're enthusiastically either or in the you know case of people like Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, they're choosing their words very carefully and sort of cautiously backing the whole let's sue as much as we can to throw some you know monkey wrenches into the uh into the uh, into the works or whatever um well i guess the thing is what they're saying in the news media and i think this is interesting these guys have to almost coddle up to trump in these last 70 days because they need that 70 million base that voted for him mm-hmm. right and the other thing that i wanted to mention that you were talking about what donald trump could do um, yeah, I've heard the thing about the right-wing media. I've also heard that there's rumblings he's going to start his own Republican Party. Now, that <laughs> scares me. Well, what would it, I mean, are we talking Tea Party? Like, I mean, the Tea Party was kind of an unofficial thing as far as I remember it. Um, but is that what we're talking about? The, the Tea Party, the Trump Party, or him just starting his own... Give the Republican idiots ideas. <laughs> tea Party. Oh my gosh! The Tea Party. The Tea Party already uh, already was a thing. Um, I guess it was T E A Party. I don't really know what the what the story was behind the Tea Party, but um, it that's a story su- for another day. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if Donald Trump wanted. I mean, he's just desperate to have his followers, and he knows he has a huge base. The other, of course, the other rumors or the other conspiracy theories you hear, you have is that he's trying to rally the south to secede from the u.s and oh i hadn't what, heard that is that true well no of course it's not true well i mean it's it's as true as any of the stories <laughs> you hear about donald trump but um but i mean what better way for him to get his own country is to mm. rally everyone down in the south to secede and become Again. their own country of donald trump <laughs> trump the trump Lamb. the trumpian nation um i have to ask where did you hear that because i haven't heard that i don't know i've heard it I mean, it, but it's I'm a conspiracy not. theory, which means we have fulfilled our mandate, Dave. We have yet again introduced a baseless conspiracy theory <laughs> on two fat morons save the world, taking out one conspiracy theory at a time. <laughs> Film at eleven. So yeah, this this guy. I mean, again, listeners, uh, what astounds me is. I know Canadians, Americans, even some Europeans. I have a, a childhood friend that is living in London, England. He uh, married an English girl. He's been there for years. I have another friend in Japan who actually has almost forgotten how to speak English, believe it or not. The last time I talked um, with this particular uh, gentleman was just after Trump had been elected, and he had trouble speaking English because he'd been speaking Japanese for so long. Um, big Trump fan, right? My other friend in England, big Trump fan. Some of the people that are, in my opinion, genius people here, you know, including some members of my own family that I think are geniuses and wonderful people are Trumpians. I just don't get it. Okay, in Alberta, where you are, oil. I get it, 
right? There's the whole energy thing. Mm -hmm. But is there any other reason other than oil to follow this guy? Like what? Like what? What is with you people? Why are you swayed? What is it about this guy? And seventy million people in the U.S. apparently think that he's, you know, orange Jesus, right? Well, that's and that's <clears throat> that's very common to a lot of cult leaders, right? They have the charisma and the ability to rabble rouse their uh, their followers to to believe anything he says. So he can say anything he wants. I mean, he had groups in the states not only calling stop the count, but groups in other states saying count those votes. So he had two groups. <laughs> yeah. He had several groups of people in various places all shouting different chants depending on how it was going for Donald Trump. You either stop the count or you keep or you count those votes. <laughs> like, you know, if uh, I was yeah. if I was down there, I would simply go and say, "Well, we're counting the votes. What exactly what exact reason do you want us to stop counting for?" <laughs> yeah. They're talking about illegal, they're talking about illegal votes. And Donald Trump in his in his victory speech said that um, um, the we don't want we don't want them counting votes that come in after 4 a.m. And the truth is there were there have been no ballots cast after election day. There were no ballots cast after election day zero. That doesn't mean they weren't they weren't still coming in because it takes X number of days for mail to come in and you had until election day to drop it in the mail. That's casting your ballot. You have until election day to cast your ballot. And then it has to go and blah, blah, blah. So it takes up to seven days for mail to get to Washington. And, of course, the postal system was uh, was overloaded, so it takes a little bit more time. Um, but, but the heavy, strong Republicans were saying, well, those votes are not valid because they were cast after the election. But they weren't, though. They were cast on election day or before. Now, my thing is if they had imposed a restriction or a deadline that said you cannot mail a ballot after let's say October 27th you must have all your mail-in ballots by October 27th to ensure that they're all in and countable by November 3rd then there would never ha there wouldn't have been any of these problems just a quick correction though you said Trump's victory speech. Let's use the word premature. No, I used speech. it. I used it uh, <laughs> facetiously. That's that was yeah. his victory speech. He claimed victory on the election. There you Frankly, go. I won the election, so that was his victory speech. And yes, Wait I was. I said it tongue tongue in cheek. You can't see my face. Hold um, it, Dave. Yeah. Did yes. you just say you won the election, Dave Crookshank? I did. Is the president of the United States? No, I wouldn't want that job. I, I wouldn't force my worst enemy on that job. Are you kidding <laughs> I me? I know, right? Oh, my yeah. gosh. You know, the reason why there are no good people running for president is because no smart, amazing, brilliant people are stupid enough to take that job. No, I, I know exactly why people don't want to run for president. You know what it is? <laughs> why? Nobody wants their jet black or their blonde hair turning gray. <laughs> think Barack. about that yeah it goes all the way back to um you know, uh jimmy carter I, I you know ronald reagan um reagan's famous for you know um using a texas oil field sized bottle of grecian formula on his hair <laughs> to keep his hair black i'm not kidding like 
it it's amazing what that job does to the stress levels of oh. some of these people, right? Well, it's, Barack Obama is a great example. That man is not that old, and he looks like he's in his sixties. So the president makes about I'm going to guess about four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, something like that. Yeah, he's he's not the highest paid public servant. That's for there sure. are news anchors that have to read off a teleprompter on national news that make almost a million dollars or or more than a million dollars a year and that's just reading (laughs) then the president of the united states arguably the most stressful job uh on the planet arguably gets paid less than half a million dollars a year and rumor rumors are of course that donald trump didn't take a salary as president i don't know if that's true or not I don't think that's true. But to your point, I'm going to ask you this, though. If that's true, and I, and I, think, I think you're onto something there, is there any president in history, outside of perhaps one of my heroes, Ulysses S. Grant, who was more primed to um, deal with stress, the stress of the job, more than Donald Trump, not because he's good at handling stress. Ulysses S. Grant was calm as a cucumber as a general anybody who if you've ever read his memoirs or you know ever seen um, any you know biographies about him he wasn't the smartest guy but his talent was keeping as cool as a cucumber under Mm -hmm. fire under the most stressful conditions he was a lousy president but he never lost his cool donald trump didn't lose his cool really either other than the fact that no he's donald trump no but one of my point is he thrives on stress, man. He thrives on chaos. This whole presidency has been about ripping the institutions of the Constitution and the House of Representatives and the Senate and the office of the presidency itself and the Supreme freaking court, ripping it to shreds to suit his own purposes. He thrives on this crap. I hear that right? Donald Trump loses his cool on a daily basis, but I mean... Oh, no, I mean, I'm talking. You're, that's, that's fair, and you're right. He's 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 very. He's got a temper. I don't think anybody disputes that. But that's not the point that I'm making. The point that right. I'm making is that he, from a um, embracing of stress and embracing of chaos. Ironically, to me, he's the one guy that seemed to be um, sociopathically suited to handle that aspect of the job. The entire job? Forget about it. No, oh, forget about it. Forget it. Not going to happen. Because he didn't. People, we could go back to a COVID discussion. You've seen the amount of people in the United States that are dropping dead COVID. Let's well, the hu- humanist part of the job, Donald Trump was not suited for. Donald Trump is suited to be a CEO where CEOs call the shots and it's their road or, or no, it, it, you know, their road is, what's the phrase their road or the high road. I don't know if that's true or not. But anyway, they're the ones that call the shots because they're the CEO. But the CEO is not president. And president doesn't have all-encompassing power when it comes to running a country. Now, let's... Uh, I'm not a... I just... What? Sorry, I just looked it up. It's, um... You take the high road or the chicken crosses the road. That's what it is, Dave. Okay, sure. Um... I was thinking it was my way or the highway, right? It was his road or the high, uh, his way or the highway. There you go. Anyhow, <clears throat> Joe Biden, who arguably may not be the best choice for president of the candidates that we've seen, there, that's arguable, but he's it is what it is. We have to remember that he has already spent eight years in the White House. He knows how the White House works. He might be 
um, you know, kind of a middle of the road um, nationalist politician, political material, standard run of the mill politician. But that's kind of what we need right need. now after the last four years. Well, okay, a lot of a lot of of our American listeners, including some of my wonderful friends down down south, they've they're not even aware that the majority of public servants that were supposed to have positions filled in in um, administrative capacities four years ago across a plethora of um, national institutions, those jobs never got filled, mm-hmm. right? And the whole it was part of that whole drain the swamp, you know, mm-hmm. bull bullpucky that that you know Trump tried to sell. When in fact, he just couldn't be bothered, right? He didn't care about it and didn't appoint anybody who cared about it. So Joe Biden now has, to me, an even more monument a monumental task because not only does he have to undo the damage that this president, as the president, has done. He's got to get rid of Betsy DeVos, the education secretary. Bye, Betsy. Don't let the emergency door hit your bum on the way out the door, baby girl. Uh, he's got to get rid of Louis DeJoy, the the postmaster dude. He's got to get rid of Mike Pompeo, who, for the life of me, said something so incredibly stupid this yeah. week that it's going to cripple, if not kill, his further political career among Any, Republicans. Anything. Yeah, he's, he's done. He's done. His credibility but, is gone. Oh, and what did he, and what did he say? He said, "We're prepare." I think it was, "We're preparing for a peaceful transition to a second Donald Trump term to another or Trump like that. term." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What a ridiculous! I mean, in the face of everything that's happened, to just unilaterally, yeah. All of these people need to be replaced, and that's the first order that Biden has to do. And he's right now being prevented from actually doing that because all of these things are being held up in the courts. The transition is being held up and he's trying to plow through ahead anyway. He today appointed his chief of staff, who is a very capable, very, very capable guy. But, you know, maybe this is where your point was going, but it's important to have this sort of discussion. What happens next? Like after the 70 days, what are Joe Biden's priorities in your mind? My point was, it was going to be, if I, was, if I had been elected president, which would never happen, but if I did, I would choose very smart people that are experts in their particular area. So when I don't know everything, which I don't, um, I would rely on that person to make those decisions or to, to advise me on those decisions and that person to advise me on those decisions and that person to advise me on those decisions. Whereas Donald Trump seems to only hire people based on their ability to be loyal to him and to tout to his every whim. Um, it's a, it's, it's, it's a smart man who hires people that are smarter than him and surrounds himself by people who are smarter than him. And Donald Trump was unable to do that. Hopefully, Joe Biden's uh, cabinet and Joe Biden's um, administration will be filled with, you know, people that are ready, willing, and able to step up into their own roles and be given the ability and the power to, to, you know, fulfill those roles. You just gave me an idea. Do you want to drive American right-wing nut bars even more nuttier? I'd love to. Think of this. Think of this, people. Between you and us. Just keep this under our hats. 
<laughs> Joe Biden appoints both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama to cabinet posts. <laughs> and heck, might you well want to see Bill, a meltdown? Might as well bring Bill Clinton back. Oh, well, uh, Mr. Clinton, from what I'm hearing, um, is not doing very well. Oh, he's uh, not. He's, he's quite sick, and oh, that's neither here nor there, but... Um, Oh man, wouldn't it be sweet to see Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in that cabinet though? So that's this is what this is what Obama would say. What's that, Joe? You want me to come back to the White House? That's the funniest thing I heard all week. That that is the weightiest man impersonation of Barack Obama I think I've ever heard. You want me to come back to the oh, White House? My God. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to allow Hillary to come try go through that whole swamp again. <laughs> <laughs> we're divulging into bad humor. Oh my gosh. Um, we're almost at time, but um, I, I do want to know what people think about this whole topic in the next, this, you know, these months of uncertainty. Have, I, there's been some bad times in history. There's been some bad times in our History. I'm old enough to remember the FLQ crisis here in in um, in Canada. And for people that aren't familiar with what that is, that's the whole Quebec terrorist separation mm-hmm. thing in the early 1970s. Famous for Pierre Trudeau's um, you know speech or interview on the steps of Parliament, where an interviewer asked him, "Well, you know, what are you going to do, Mr. Prime Minister?" And he said, "Just watch me." Right. That that's what that moment's famous for. I, I'm old enough to remember that. Um, I'm old enough to remember the Manson family thing. That was 1969. I'm old enough to remember Vietnam. I remember the helicopter on the roof in Saigon. I remember stuff like that. And, you know, I remember Ebola. I remember measles and mumps. I remember bad times. I've never even considered something as ridiculous as what we're living through right now with Trump and COVID and, you know... um, energy literally have you did in your lifetime did you ever think that energy efficient vehicles like solar vehicles and you know wind power generators and things would actually replace oil well solar vehicles i don't really think that that's a thing but uh, i i meant to say i am four for four in the moron department today (laughs) electricity i know what you're saying electric vehicles i know what you're saying (laughs) my solar powered car martha gotta put the solar panels out on the on the uh, vespa there (laughs) (laughs) a wind-powered car it's called an airplane (laughs) (laughs) it's called a glider it's called a glider yeah that's right you just gotta you just gotta start at a really high point well, I, I've I've certainly lived up to the title title card today. I tell you, <laughs> um, I'm never I'm never going to live Phil Mar down. Don't write about that, Phil. Phil Mar, Bill, whatever. <laughs> how is um, history? How is history going to see Donald Trump? Um, I, I wondered about that too because history is very kind to Ulysses S. Grant as the general who saved the Union militarily. Mm-hmm. As a president, he's literally listed as second or third worst in their history, right? Um, and I, I'm, a, I'm a monstrous U.S. Grant 
um, admirer, not as a politician, but as a as a military figure because of his leadership. I use a lot of his principles of leadership in my day-to-day business every day, but I digress. I pat myself on the back a little too vigorously. Um, <laughs> James Buchanan is generally regarded as by far one of the worst U.S. presidents, if not the worst, because the Civil War was directly... You know, he he was on watch when the, the Civil War happened. Um, there's there's other presidents that had you know horrific uh, Warren Warren Harding. I think we talked about you know about him before. Um, we were talking before about how if there was presidents that had been indicted in office, and Warren Harding would have been indicted um, for the Teapot Dome scandal in the twenties, except that he had the good fortune to die um, before they could do anything about it. Right. Um, there's there's been bad presidencies. Even John Kennedy's presidency isn't all that looked at very favorably from a from a uh, policy standpoint over the last 50, 60 years. Donald Trump will. There is no question. Out of forty five presidents to date, he's number forty five. He's not even close. Mm. Not well, even close. He makes James Buchanan look like Nelson Mandela. Well, he even made George W. Or George W. Bush look good. You know, it's like oh. Long for the days when George Bush was the only bumbling idiot in Washington. Uh, right? I, well, yeah. <laughs> there, there seems to be a lot of them. I mean, I, I don't... Uh, um, it's Mitch McConnell, I don't understand. Uh, Lindsey Graham, I, I, I don't think he's intelligent. There, there's a number of these guys... Um, you know, the some of the, uh, Georgia just elected a, a member of QAnon as their mm-hmm. uh, as one of their House of Representative members. Are you kidding me? Like, anyway, you I know, do you like want- the fact that Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden are friends. Which Family. a lot of people don't know, right? Yeah, and yeah. and I didn't know that either until, again, they talked about it on CNN, about they've had a long-standing respect and a long-standing history. Joe Biden's had a huge history mm-hmm. as a representative in the, you know, in, in the Senate. And so I think 1972 or something, the guy's been in Washington, like, or 47 years or something, whatever time. it was. Long, long time, time, right? And, um, yeah, they're... They can work together, right? That was the one thing I think that McConnell and Obama could never do is they couldn't work together. You know, they are saying that the pundits are saying that, you know, Joe Biden, he knows how to work with senators, probably because he was one himself for so long. Mm -hmm. That just makes sense to me, right? But how is history going to, you know, judge Trump? Well... He's worse than Jimmy Carter, and Jimmy Carter wasn't great, <laughs> you know. Well, there have I been mean, there have been three one-term presidents post-war, and Donald Trump will be the third. Yeah, George Bush, and who was the other one? Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. There and you Donald go. Trump. Uh, well, I mean, technically John Fitzgerald Kennedy, but um, something happened to him. I don't really remember what, but you know, <laughs> well, he was a one-timer too. That the prob- they probably don't put him in that category because he couldn't run for a second term. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, th- I guess the thing is, like, how, when, when, you're, when we're sort of talking about this and going forward, and to end on this note, perhaps, for this day, what is the world going to do in the next 60-some-odd days? And um, what's next? Like, can we actually even predict 
or try to predict the unpredictable. What's the right world now? going to do in the next 60 days? I give you three words. Okay. Hold its breath. The world is going to hold its breath for the next 60 days until this thing is over. Dave. Uh, <laughs> Dave. Yes. You've just frightened me, Dave. Well, hold me. Hold there's me. I'm a, there's scared, a lot Dave. of there's a lot of damage that can still be done because whether he's the incumbent or not, Donald Trump is still president until January 20th. And he's a moron. Just like us. Just like On us. That, just like us. But On that un- note, unlike no, us. Unlike us. <laughs> we're trying to save, save the world. One moron at a time. And on that note. <laughs> I'm Terry. I'm Dave. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again at some point uh, within the next week. Write us. Tell us what uh, you think about some of the topics we discussed today. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to be able to share some of your thoughts um, if you're open to that. So, Yep. We're on Facebook, a- Two Fat Morons, uh, Save the World podcast. We're on uh, the web at uh, twofatmorons.com. And you can email us at hey you at twofatmorons.com. That's two. Hey you! That's two of the two. I'm going to say goodnight now, Dave. Goodnight, Dave. Goodnight, Dave. It's Two Fat Morons Save the World. The world is a messed up place, and they're going to save it. (laughs) Produced by Dave Cruikshank and Terry Nyhill. Music by Epidemic Sound. Two Fat Morons is a presentation of the Plugged In Media Network and is not intended to be taken seriously by anyone. Check out all our other great podcasts at pluggedinmedia.ca or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.